the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon to you and welcome. It is Thursday. And just at five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m., Craig Roberts in your ear, keeping you company on the ride home, wherever you might be headed to. Always a delight and a privilege to spend some time with you. I I must say at the start of the show here, uh, normally I carve out time for the program, so I don't consider by any means our time together an interruption. Uh, Today, however, yeah, I have to confess, it's a little bit of an interruption because I'm right in the middle of watching what is going to become my new favorite television show, uh, featuring a couple of new pals of mine by the name of Daily and Devo. And you're wondering, who is Daily and Devo? Well, we're going to get you caught up on all that as we meet our first guest on the program tonight. Dear friend for many, many years, and a delight to um, kind of change up the theme on the program today as we concentrate on talking about the tools necessary that parents uh, should have in their arsenal, so to speak, when it comes to the notion of training up a child in the way that he or she should go so that when they become older, they will not depart from the way. And joining me now is Dr. Brooks Gibbs, best-selling author, educator, and author of a new book called Squabbles Elements, Why People Are Mean and How to Stop Them. And uh, da-da-da-da, update, the drummer's on vacation today, but uh, he's got a new series out called Devotion for the Family, a new TV series as well. So, Brooks, lay it on me and welcome. Hey, Craig. Thanks, man. I always love it when you have me on, and I've I've been so productive, and there's been so many um, desires of my heart I've been able to uh, pursue and see come true, and one of them is uh, an entire expository devotion for the family through the book of Genesis, and so that's what I'm excited to announce tonight. At devotion.org, people can get my new book called Devotion for the Family. Whether you have kids, teenagers, or parents, I take each chapter of the book of Genesis, there's 50 of them, and I extract truths that really hit home for each member of the family. So thanks for letting me... uh, Get the word out. You bet. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I wonder, what is that character up to these days? And and, and (laughs) clearly there's no grass growing underneath your feet, that's for sure, between your your, uh, conferences, your talks at schools across the nation, your book writing, your television and radio appearances, and now this new project that I think is particularly exciting because, you know... And we talked about this a bit last week. You know, our, our folks talked about how difficult that they had it as kids, and we undoubtedly have told those same stories to our children. You know, the story about how you had to walk to school in the snow five miles a day, uphill in both directions, coming and going. You know, <laughs> all of those wonderful tall tales. And yet, there is a truism that 
the challenges that parents are facing seem to be getting more and more difficult. There's more things that are vying for the attention of children these days, and more, more, and more of it is on a ever-increasingly unhealthy end of the continuum, what between social media, the internet, violent films, violent games, on and on the list goes. And so having as much at the disposal of parents so that they know how to properly raise their children and instill the values in them from the earliest of ages, critically important. But I'm going to begin with a twister tonight. Um, I, I certainly believe strongly, as I intimated a moment ago, in training children up in the way that they should go and instilling biblical values in them at the earliest of age. And I also believe that that is a responsibility, first and foremost, of the parents. And yet, sadly and almost tragically, there's a growing number of parents these days that they themselves are biblically Illiterate. They just haven't spent a lot of time in the Word. They're busy. They went to school. They raised a family. They're going to work, all of this. And so trying to carve out time to be in the Word for yourself can be challenging. But when you're talking about trying to carve out time to be in the Word and coordinate that time with the family, wow. Some might say these days that's a near impossibility. Why do you feel personally that this is so important? Well, the Bible says it's a commandment. It says, these words I will command you, and you will teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So there's four opportunities in one day. When you're sitting around the house, when you're walking or driving, commuting in the car, uh, when you're about to go night-night, or when you wake up and there's morning time, you got four opportunities to obey Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. And you know, I, I just, my kids are now in high school and I remember thinking, why are they so well balanced and well adjusted and emotionally resilient? And well, clearly they take off the after the mother. That's, that's the first, <laughs> <laughs> we need to establish no, that right out the gate here. <laughs> yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to say. You know, they had the privilege of being homeschooled their entire childhood. And so mom would start with a uh, prayer and then the pledge and then you know, chapter by chapter through the Bible. So when it comes to a question like, should uh, girls dress like boys and should boys dress like girls? My kids know that verse you know, that says, no, it's an abomination to for a man to dress like a woman. So you get these cultural issues. Well, what about abortion? You know, is it okay? When does life begin? Well, they've got these verses. Uh, I, Psalm 139. Uh, and in my, I was fearfully, fearfully, wonderfully made in my mother's womb, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. So, I, and I realized... Why am I so solid? Why? You know, I met you when I was a teenager and you, you put me on the air, man. And I remember standing on top of a, a Spirit West Coast. You know, you had a trailer on the side of the stage. John Roberts, big, you know, uh, huge event. And and I remember thinking people would look at me and say, how do you know the Bible so much? It's because my parents every night we had family devotions and every morning. And whenever we had lunch or dinner together, they would bring out the Bible and read a proverb for that day. So it is so in me, I bleed scripture. And that's always been the way I am. And to pass that on to my children, I don't nearly do it as well as my parents did for me. But thankfully, I have a, a wife who, who does. And so one of, the, one of the parents needs to be able to uh, take responsibility to pour into their children the meal, the bread of life, the word of God, the living water that will 
really neutralize the toxins that they're picking up along the way. You know, I equate it to the notion of a soldier preparing for battle. Uh, nobody would say, gee, we think the enemy is about to attack. Let's go collect up a bunch of 18-year-olds from the local high school, put them in uniform, hand them weapons, and have them repel the attack of the enemy. They'd say, well, wait a minute, though. They're not trained. They, they, they don't have any survival skills. They don't know how to clean a gun, let alone aim it. They have no idea what warfare is all about. How can you send them into battle like that? so ill-prepared. They're just going to be sitting ducks. They're going to be targets for the enemy to just pick off one by one. And that analogy, I think, Brooks, fits quite apropos for what life is like. Um, No, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we do battle against principalities and powers in high places. And any adult knows that there's going to be challenges in life, there's going to be temptations in life, there's going to be things that the enemy will throw in your direction to discourage you, dissuade you, distract you from keeping your eye on the prize. And much like the soldier that needs to be trained and equipped and prepared for battle, our kids really, as they go from being kids to being young adults need to be properly prepared for life. And so in many respects, this is really like preparing a child for warfare, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. In fact, the Bible's called a sword, you know, and it it, uh, it accomplishes what it is sent out to do. It doesn't return void. It cuts to the marrow of the bone. It has a way of discerning between soul and spirit. It knows the intent of a man's heart. The word of God is like the divine finger of God pressed upon one's conscience. Uh, how can a young man cleanse his ways? But by taking heed to the word of God, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I could go on and on and I'm not, I have no notes, right? It's just in me. It's because my, and I know when I speak it in King James Version, it's my my mom and stepdad uh, taught me those verses. And if it's in another version, I know that's something I picked up in my own time of devotion but I sometimes wonder, where did the Lord Jesus, who, who uh, kenosis, emptied himself of his divine rights, not of his divinity, but of his divine rights or power? He, he gave up the omniscience, all-knowing, or omnipotence and omnipresence. He gave it up. Where did he get his power to finish the work, to accomplish? And Isaiah 50 makes it very clear. It's a messianic passage that says, God, you awaken me morning by morning. It was in my devotion time, the Lord Jesus would say, and you gave me my education and I was not rebellious and you gave me the word and season to give to him whose heart is weary. And I think, man, if the Lord Jesus, who got up early to pray and to meditate on scripture and he used scripture to fight the enemy, if, if, if he's my example of how I should live my life and I'm supposed to teach my children in that same way, then we cannot live without spending time in God's word and in prayer morning by morning. And certainly failure to do so uh, creates that scenario akin to what I suggested a moment ago, that it's similar to sending a soldier off to battle without his weapon, without any preparation, without any training. You're just sending them basically into the, the, the lion's den to be devoured. Now, some parents might say, well, Craig Brooks, I, I, I get what you're saying, but listen, I, I'm no theologian. And we're so crunched for time in the morning, it's just, it's like a circus in my house to get everybody ready, washed, showered, dressed, 
food, lunch sacks for lunch at school or at work and out the door on time. And then to come back at the end of the day, I'm so tired. We're so worn out. The kids have homework, soccer practice, piano lessons, all of that. There just seems like it's an impossibility to find the time to engage in meaningful family devotions. How do we do that? We're going to talk about that next. With me today, best-selling author, Dr. Brooks Gibbs. He's got a brand new series out called Devotion for the Family, and uh, there's a companion TV program. In fact, I'm watching it here on the screen in the background, and (laughs) Brooks' uh, lip sync is a bit out from hearing him on the radio and watching him on television, but a delightful new television series as well, and uh, you can find out more about this by going online to devotion.org. That's devotion.org. There's literally something for everyone from kids in the family to teens to parents, and um, it's a look into not only the value of daily devotion, but how to conduct that family devotion to not only grow deeper in relationship with the Lord, but get this, deeper in relationship within the family. So it's both on the horizontal and the vertical. We'll take a time out. When we come back, how do we find the time? (laughs) That question skillfully answered by my guest, Brooks Gibbs, as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, if you're a parent, you probably would agree with the observation that there are times when in your career as a parent, you feel overwhelmed, underprepared, ill-equipped, stressed for time, incapable. It's a pretty daunting task, to be sure. But those whom God calls, he prepares and he ordains. And that certainly is true of parenting. But what of the broader question related to time? What if you feel in adequate, both in terms of your capacity to understand the Word and share that with your son or daughter and train them up in understanding God's Word, along with the notion of just trying to balance all the, uh, like the old scene on the Ed Sullivan show, there's a dated reference, the guy trying to keep the balls and the plates spinning in the air from one end to another with none falling. It's a daunting task, but is it necessarily an impossible one? Our guest tonight, Brooks Gibbs, with us. He is a best-selling author and a brand new series out that we're talking about today called Devotion for the Family. It also has a companion TV program, and you can get more information about the book and the show by going online to devotion.org. That's devotion.org. And Brooks, what of this notion? Parents feeling not only ill-equipped, but struggling to find time. How do you handle all that? Well, I can understand. I could relate. I confess it's uh, something that is uh, something I struggled with as, as a family, but I, I've, I started to view it as my medicine, as the medicine for my relationship with Jill, my wife, as a medicine for my kids, me and my kids. I mean, you know, when we, when we aren't in devotion and we're just living uh, from the sparks of our own fire, that's how Isaiah 50 puts it, with the little bit of spark that we have left and not consulting the all-consuming fire that lights up our path and we just live on our own we struggle man so number one it's medicine number two there's no condemnation when you miss devotions i I like to put it this way when you miss a devotion you're not messing up you're just missing out Mm. so don't beat yourself over the head with it devotion is always an invitation it is never an obligation and so 
get the pressure off. God certainly doesn't. But he does say in Isaiah 50, he says, you know, if you're having problems, the first four verses of that chapter, if you're having problems with with your family, with your with your work, with your life, with your own mental health, Isaiah, or Isaiah 50, verse 1 through 4, it says, don't blame me because there was no man when I came knocking. There was no woman that responded to my my still small voice. So, you know, God says, you, you, you know, when we live life without him, well, apart from him, we can do nothing. So it's my medicine. There's no condemnation. I'm just missing out. I'm not messing up. And we've got to keep it simple. Remember, the, the real main purpose is to read the word of God and the devotion I created called Devotion for the Family. They're very short devotionals, and they're really designed to have meaningful conversations with your kids. And if you want to make it insanely exciting, after every chapter, I put a whole family activity thing where materials you have already around the house, I bring it to life. If you've got littles under 12 years old, they love the physical, tangible crafts and activities that you could do in, you know, five minutes. And that's all it takes. Can you give God five? And that's, that's I think, what uh, what I would say. I think so often we tend to get overwhelmed and that sense of being overwhelmed paralyzes us into doing nothing. I I recall as a young believer, there were older, more mature believers around me that I admired and wished to emulate. And, you know, from a discipleship standpoint, I thought, boy, they've really got it dialed in. They've got the Bible reading life, the prayer life, the church life, the ministry life, the outreach life, the whole bit. And sometimes these dear saints would talk about, oh, yes, I love to get up in my quiet time in the morning at 5 a.m. and read the word for an hour and then pray and then around 7 o'clock get ready for work. A couple of times I tried that and I don't think I made it past about five minutes after 5 a.m. And soon I became convinced that there was must be something innately wrong with me, that I was just incapable of doing all of that. And it took some time for me to realize that I was initially putting way too much of a burden on myself and that getting close to God and studying his word well, certainly going to a monastery and being in prayer eight hours a day and in the Word eight hours a day is is fine and good and helpful, and boy, you'll absorb more stuff than you'll ever imagine. Um, but that's not necessarily the requisite for being close to the Lord or being a good husband or a wife or a parent. Um, the starting point is you know, like the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? Easy, one bite at a time. And maybe that's an excuse that we allow to stand in our way. We feel as if we're incapable, we don't have the time because we have it in the back of our minds that this is going to take weeks, hours to pull this off. When in fact, if you just start a few minutes at a time every day, I bet after a while, most folks will find that they move into spending more time, not out of a sense of obligation, but out of a sense of excitement that they're beginning to get so much out of it that there's a deepening hunger and thirst for more and more. Do you think that's true? I do, and I think God has a way of building in a little reward system for us to get the endorphins going because what will happen is, like, just just a couple of days ago, when it was the, the seventh, I guess, of this month, and we were reading Proverbs 7 about the, the, the woman that's crying out that's seductive, and she's saying, all you simple young men come and, you know, and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll basically indulge yourself in sin. And the Bible says, all who go down her way uh, were strong, and they were many, but an arrow pierces their liver. Well, you know, just a couple days later, 
there was a situation my boys ran into with uh, with one of their friends, and that verse came to their mind, and they said, "Hey, Dad, I gave him that verse." And I think you know that's how God works. He like it's like little Easter eggs. It's like yeah. <laughs> if if we didn't do that tiny bit of reading and meditating on the scripture and discussion as a family, then it wouldn't have been available when it was time that God wanted to use us. And and that's that's why I'm so geeked about Isaiah 50 because it's the Lord Jesus devotional entry. I think everyone should just read it. And basically, it teaches this one very simple concept: devotion is not just for you. God doesn't just want to speak to you, but he wants to speak through you because mm. those other people are not waking up. <laughs> those other people are not spending five minutes to get the word. And so he has to use a vessel somehow. And and boy, it is better to give than it is to receive because they're double blessing. First, you get it. And you're like, wow, that's a really good truth. And then you get to share it. And that's the double blessing. So watch how God rewards you along the way as incentives to keep going. I had a pastor friend of mine many, many years ago um, who would set certain times of the day and the week for his personal devotions. And he was quite clear during those times he was not to be disturbed. He didn't want to hear from parishioners. He didn't want to hear from family. Um, he was kind of locked in his prayer closet. And I remember asking him one time, what's sort of your, your motivation? What's your purpose? And he was very succinct in saying, Craig, in order for me to give it, I have to get it. And that's where I get it. So if I'm going to get myself recharged and into the word and then be prepared to share the word, I can't share it if it isn't in me. And boy, that's simple, but incredibly profound. If you've just joined us, Brooks Gibbs is with us today. Dr. Brooks Gibbs, author of a number of best-selling books. He's got a new devotion series for families called simply Devotion for the Family, a brand new devotional that everyone can enjoy. And this is apropos for young kids, teenagers, and mom and dad, too. And you can get all kinds of goodies and information about the series, as well as the TV series, by going online to devotion.org. That's devotion.org. Okay, the next big question we'll tackle. How do you keep the kids' attention? It's evening, dinner's finished, the dishes have been put up, time for family devotions, and the kids say, but Dad, look at the weather. I want to go play hoops with the next-door neighbor. My favorite TV show is on. I'm in the middle of this video game. I can't stop now. How do you capture and keep their attention? We'll talk about that next as our dialogue with Dr. Brooks Gibbs continues here on Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. If you've ever been around a preteen or a teenager, <laughs> these days even many adults, trying to capture and keep their attention for more than a few nanoseconds is becoming increasingly difficult. I mean, there's a reason why TikTok videos are roughly a minute long, right? That's kind of the American attention span these days. So that may have you wondering... When we talk about sitting down together as a family, various ages, busy schedules, lots of distractions and things that are vying for our attention or our time, how do we go about creating that space 
where everybody is together in harmony at the same time on the same page and can actually pay attention for more than 30 seconds. When well, we turn to Dr. Brooks Gibbs for some insights, this is maybe one of the <laughs> the most pressing questions of the ages, Brooks. Not necessarily the secret to nuclear fusion, <laughs> but for some parents it might as well be. Capturing kids' attention and holding their attention while we talk about God's Word. Boy, there's a tall order. Well, I tell you, if, if if someone sees you excited about something, they will stay attentive. And that's the most important thing. It's something that's caught. You know, they, they sense something about you really lights up and you're excited about this truth. And one way that I was literally, <laughs> I guess you could say, spoon fed the word was my, my stepdad growing up. He would say, before we feed our bellies, we must feed our souls. And he had a little brown Bible, and whatever the day was, he'd go to that proverb, and he would he would read it to us, just one line, and then he would have me interpret it. And there were the hard ones, like, when thou sittest down to eat with a ruler, consider what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou beest a man given to appetite. <laughs> King James Version. And I was like, man, I'm just hungry. What, what is this about? But, you know, he, he explained to me that that verse is really about be careful when people put delicacies because you might owe them, you know, and, and he just gave a personal example about how someone tried to do that with him and, and how he learned that lesson. Oh, he wished he would have read Proverbs like this verse before getting into that trap. And then we would pray and then we would eat and continue to discuss it. So be excited. Um, always before they have dessert or before you have dinner or before you watch that video game and you're on there for three hours, like, can you not give the Lord five minutes to consider a verse? A parent is the gatekeeper for numerous privileges and we can incentivize children, uh, but be excited and leverage what you can. And I suppose, too, it also means <clears throat> coming together and having a, a, an idea in mind, meaning far too often parents might sit down and say, OK, we're going to do family devotions, kids. Everybody groans. Mom rolls her eyes. And then dad begins to fumble around saying, OK, does anybody know where the family Bible is? And and, and suddenly they're <laughs> they're they're already to head for the doors. So having a, a succinct plan in place is perhaps not only as important as it is making sure that you're excited, that there's going to be some meat on the bones in terms of the content that you're going to spend time sharing, and that you don't be overwhelmed by uh, by all of this, as we said earlier. Family devotions do not require sitting the family down for three hours every night, do they? No, no, they don't. In fact, I uh, uh, part of the video series that I created uh, that was based on uh, my devotional book here is I wanted to make sure that we read every word of God's word. And it only takes about, um, you know, four minutes to read the chapter. And we have a segment on there uh, on our TV show that that's called a listen up. And so we have four trivia questions that we ask the kids based on what's read. And there's a audio prompt that uh, triggers when they really need to listen up. And so uh, the deal is we make in a TV show that if you get all the answers right, your parents owe you dessert. And uh, and I, we get bonus questions for a double helping. And so we try to make it fun. And then, of course, we've created a puppet show for the kids and more uh, contemplative uh, presentation for teenagers and then something for the parents. But when a mom and dad want to sit down with the family and have a devotion, 
uh, it can be exciting, especially with in the book I, I've given every chapter of the Bible has an activity. And I'll give you a real quick example. For example, uh, Genesis chapter one, it, it the activity is okay. Uh, after you have your devotion time, everyone takes a device and go outside and take a picture of the different uh, things outside that are based on the days of creation. Day one, take a picture creatively of light. Day two, find a sky or clouds. Day three, plants or trees. Day four, nighttime, you know, moon, stars, daylight, something like that. Birds, fish, animals, humans. So everyone gets to kind of like do a, uh, a picture scavenger hunt, so to speak, creation scavenger hunt. We have all kinds of things like that in this devotional to, to make it interactive, kinesthetic, and memorable for the family. Now, here's a tough question, and undoubtedly there are some parents that are even contemplating this as we speak. The idea that <clears throat> we're all in different stages in our relationship with the Lord, different degrees of maturity, not only relationally, but, but even in terms of our emotional growth and development. Uh, it clearly, the comprehension level of a six-year-old will not be that of a 12-year-old, will not be that of an 18-year-old. So that said, give me some insights in terms of how the whole family comes together at different stages of, of, of relational growth with Christ and stages within life, and yet capable of having everybody not only maintain a modicum of attention, but walk away with a nugget that they feel like, yeah, I can really do something with this. I really see how this applies to me. Yeah, I mean, you have to realize that the Holy Spirit will help you. He He's there to help you, man. And so when you have different ages and stages, one of those kiddos will uh, will be going through something. And so that kiddo will get the most attention, that, that devotion. And uh, the little ones are listening and the bigger ones are listening. So, you know, just watching the family turn their attention to the heartaches and the struggles and the trials of each family member uh, it's something that we need to teach everyone to be respectful and to listen. And clearly God is leading us to discuss this. But let's not forget that the Lord Jesus said we come to him like a child and keeping the cookies on the bottom shelf, so to speak. We we keep it really simple. Uh, David, one of the greatest theologians in Scripture, says, I do not I do not uh, entertain my mind with things that are way too lofty or complicated for me. I keep it really, really, really simple. And so, uh, you know, my stepdad who, who raised me in this discipline of devotion had no seminary degree. He had no pastoral gift or teaching gift that you'd find in Ephesians 4. He just took the high priest sort of of his home very, very seriously. And he says, if I'm going to do one thing right, I'm going to make sure that my children are biblically literate because... Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. And so I'm going to make sure that they know the word and that truth sets them free. And boy, did it. And you know, it's amazing because we all know of parents that have come with heartbreaking tales of woe about the teenager that's gotten involved in substance abuse or has become a runaway or, or gone through any myriad of of the challenges that teens will oftentimes do. And then the parents are scrambling. And not only are they on their knees praying that uh, their child is safe out there in the wild and who knows what kind of an environment, but then also filled with a sense of, of grief, grief over the fact that they've 
lost a lot of time, that the time that they had to lay that firm foundation when the child was young and to essentially, as we talked earlier, equip them for this warfare called life, that they failed to do that at the appropriate time. And, and now all of a sudden they're scrambling, wishing that they had that time back. And so starting when they're young is, is really the key here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It lays the foundation of biblical literacy. They learn to discover the good nature of God. For example, in the book, uh, Devotion for the Family, that I wrote, that people can get at devotion.org, uh, the children, everyone will notice that reads the book that the, the children's version of that devotion for that chapter um, is just focusing on the good and wonderful and loving nature of God. And then by the time it's adolescence, the devotion changes and shifts a bit, and it, it, it focuses on helping the adolescent hear the voice of God and respond to the direction of God. And for the parent, there's a very intentional focus on reflecting the nature of God to our children so that we don't misrepresent God as uh, we are somewhat in a place, I mean, very much so in a place of authority like God in our children's lives. And so we want to represent him well. But the childhood foundation of – we're going to have regret, man. To your point, you know, uh, any parent is just they, – they try to avoid thinking about all the things they did wrong unless they uh, just double over weeping about how they might have screwed their kids up. But can I tell you something that God is so good. He, Jesus is amazing. He is the author and finisher of everyone's faith. And the mighty God is sovereign. All souls are mine, saith the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 18. And it says, uh, the father's sins will not be paid for by the child. The child's sins will not be paid for by the father. Everyone is standing as a child before God, accountable for their own soul development. And so it's really, again, an invitation, not an obligation. And when you feel those feelings of regret, hey, respond to that, repent, and go return to day by day in every way, praying and reading God's Word. If you've just joined us, a visit today with Dr. Brooks Gibbs. In addition to a myriad of best-selling books that he's written, he's got a couple of newbies out. One called Squabbles Elements, Why People Are Mean and How to Stop Them. We talked about that last week. Today we're talking about Devotion for the Family. Brand new devotional the entire family obviously can enjoy. And uh, there's also a companion TV series that he's working on. I've had a chance to capture uh, at least one of the episodes here today. Lots of fun stuff. Stuff, all available at devotion.org. That's devotion.org. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of the conversation as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Now we're back with my guest tonight, Dr. Brooks Gibbs. He's got a brand new family devotional series out called Simply Devotion for the Family. And you can get details on the web at devotion.org. That's devotion.org. Now, Brooks, in, in all tenderness and kindness, I, I must just mildly, publicly rebuke you in that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the companion TV series uh, that there was a, uh, a fun set of puppets for kids. 
And, uh, you know, I kind of take exception to that rule because nobody that I know would consider me a kid by a long shot. And yet (laughs) I thought it was a lot of fun. Tell us about the concept behind the TV series. And in particular, you got to tell listeners about Daily and Devo. Yeah, how is that a rebuke? I, that well, was a, I, you know, you just said it's for kids. I'm not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, you well know, past I, uh, being a kid, but what a lot of fun they were. Yeah, Daily Devo is the show. Uh, it's a five-minute segment. Uh, we go through, there's 50 segments, of 50 episodes, if you will, and we go through all 50 chapters of um, of the book of Genesis, and it, it lays a foundation for kids about how the world was made and who God is and how the uh, Jewish people got started. And it's fantastic. And Daly is, uh, I guess he's about 10. He's a puppet. We're not sure. <laughs> he's uh, about 10 to 11 years old. And he's got a sidekick AI robot he calls Devo. And he has programmed that little AI robot to answer his tough theological questions. He'll get in debates with him and uh, threaten to unplug him and stuff like this. But his sister comes in the scene too and bugs him. His dad always has a fun activity, but it's a it's basically a bedroom podcast. He's got a little podcast set up with his bunk bed in the background, and he's just trying to inspire other kids like him to really read the word and get to know God. And he's always just amazed at scripture. So his character has been so successful that we're actually, I think, we're going to. He only has a five minute segment in a half hour TV show. I think he's going to get the whole half hour uh, show uh, when we tackle Exodus. So we yeah, got to go work, work on that, would you? Because if you don't, I'm going to get a letter writing campaign going here. <laughs> we're we're going to flood your office with demands that we want more daily and Devo. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's D-A-L-E-Y. His dad's name is Dale. And uh, he doesn't like being called Junior. So he calls, uh, he has everyone call him Daily, which which works out because Daily Devo is exactly what we want kids to learn how to do. Absolutely. Now, I, I'm curious. I, I would suspect there, there's a team uh, behind all of this, uh, as there is any, any good production. Um, but how, how much of this is your brainchild? How much of it really is burst out of your sense of vision of wanting to encourage and equip parents to instill into their children the values that we've been talking about today? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's tough to answer because I, I think, well, it's a 100% my idea. It's 100% my compelling leadership. Uh, but boy, when I started suggesting that I have to do this, it's not, hey, what if I, but I have to do it. All of a sudden, Christian Television Network came around and they said, we'll give you a, a 1,500 square foot studio to produce these shows and we'll put it all over the air. The, uh, the Bible app agreed to cover the show. And so it'll be in 100 million pockets. Uh, you know, people have just come and supported it financially and, and, and said, do this, man, because there's, there's not enough uh, resources available to make devotions for families fun and exciting. And, and I'm just getting started, man. I, I, got, I have a vision of doing 1,000 episodes because there's, there's, there's about 1,188 chapters in the entire Bible. And so I want to cover every chapter of the Bible expository, and there's nothing like that available. And so I got to give uh, honor and glory, of course, to the Lord. It's uh, I have two callings in my life, uh, Craig, and you know this. Number one is to teach God's word to God's church, but also to teach God's wisdom 
to God's world. And and I I make a living as a psychologist traveling and speaking. I'm in a new city every week and I sell training programs online, especially for kids and with psychological challenges. But this is a passion project that I've done as an offering to the Lord. So devotion.org is the platform that I will, for the rest of my life, continue to give the world easy, digestible, expository devotions for the whole family. What's the biggest takeaway here, Brooks, in terms of uh, the message that you would share with parents that are maybe lamenting the fact that they've been a little slow on the uptake to uh, to institute family devotions um, and they're wondering if it's too late? I, I know certainly the answer to that question is it's never too late. But but in your mind, what is the, the most important thing that you'd like parents to walk away with uh, as they look at, at considering starting a daily devotion for the family and using many of the wonderful tools that you're making available at devotion.org well there's only three things that are eternal it's god it's god's word and it's god's people and you want your child to be in the family of god you want your child to be god's people a child of god and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so the, the smartest and wisest investment we could ever make is to pour the word of God into our children because that's who we are responsible for. If we can share it with other kids, fine. But it's our kids that we're responsible for. And so, man, and it's an invitation. It's not an obligation. God God will is able to keep them from stumbling and present them faultless. But I tell you what, we could help him. We could assist him. We can join him in the beautiful work of discipling and obeying the commission to teach them all that he has commanded. And God will be with us. He awakens us. He gives us creativity. And he brings people like me to create materials to make it easy for you to do. So so just know there's only three things that are eternal. And I hope your child invest in those three things. Now, let me ask you a final question, and it may perhaps be one of the most difficult ones. I'm going to see how well prepared you are with your 30-second elevator pitch here. (laughs) As we think about other publishers down through the years that have certainly attempted to tackle this topic with perhaps varying degrees of success, um, and I've got to believe that you've kind of looked at the landscape of what already existed out there. Clearly, the Holy Spirit is the inspiration, the the driving force behind all of this. But give me your sense in terms of what makes this particular approach, this series, different from anything else that you or maybe some of our listeners might be familiar with. Well, I, I, I started with video, and I worked in reverse. And I knew I would only do five-minute videos because those are shareable. I have almost half a billion views of my mental health videos and schools all over the world subscribe every year to access my Squabbles TV content. So when I approached Devotion TV and I said, I I started with Devotion TV and I said, I'm going to create videos and videos that are shareable and videos that could be that could play well with right now media, with the Bible app and with. With uh, on YouTube and, and all the socials, and and I think that's what makes it uh, I think different than everything else because I didn't start with the with the writing of the devotion. I started with the production of the actual video, which took some script writing, but I had the end in mind. And so I don't know if I'll 
if I'll listen to this interview later on and say, yeah, I was a good move, but uh, that's what I did. Well, and, and I think that, you know, in the sense that this is the way every increasing numbers of, of both kids and even adults consume information. I mean, you know, the, these days, you know, we've gone from look it up in the dictionary or, you know, uh, look it up in your uh, your encyclopedia to why don't you Google it to, uh, oh, there must be a YouTube video for that, right? I mean, that's the direction that we've headed in, and, and I think more and more people that are been adaptive toward the, the, the visual and the audio as a means of engagement and training and education, uh, I think it's, it's whether you intended it to be that way or not, I think it's tremendous wisdom in starting with that approach because it's always easy to take the, the pre-produced content and translate it into the printed word, get it transcribed, and you're, you're off to the races. Doing it in the reverse, though, is oftentimes far more challenging. But at the end of the day, and as I've shared with listeners at the get-go. And I'm not saying this because he set me up. I don't get any kind of a finder's fee. <laughs> they doesn't even deliver a, a box of chocolates, and please don't, because I don't need them. Um, but uh, in, in all sincerity, in watching the first episode, it's fun, it's engaging, it's not one of these, oh boy, remember when we were kids going to vacation Bible school and the teacher would do the felt figures on the board? Yeah, come a long way <laughs> since those days, believe me. So if you're looking for a family devotion that can be to the point, fun, engaging, engaging for the entire family, and most importantly, can accomplish the desire of drawing your children closer to the Lord and the family closer together, you might find lots of golden nuggets inside of Devotion for the Family, a brand new devotional the entire family can enjoy and benefit from. Complete details available on both the book, the television series, and other resources by simply going to devotion.org. That's devotion.org. Dr. Brooks Gibbs, my friend, is always a delight to spend some time with you, and we wish you a much continued success on this series. I think you really hit the ball out of the park this time. You've always been a cheerleader. Thank you for your support, Craig. All right, Brooks, you take care. Give my love to Jill, and uh, we'll talk soon. Dr. Brooks Gibbs online. Check out the series devotion.org. That's devotion.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.